movie week, the magic of the cinema, people munching nachos in front of you, taking their shoes off by the side of you, slurping to the bottom of their double-thick milkshake, constantly saying hello to Jason Isaacs, checking their phones and kicking the seat in front of you. Hang on, let's not go to the pictures. Let's stay home and watch Strictly instead. Welcome to the Keep Dancing podcast. I'm Ellie and I am your host. Tonight I'm joined by Lisa. Hello. We're currently in Vienna. We are. And I'm joined by Anne. Hello. And I'm joined by, from the Chocolate Contingent, Emily. Hi. And our mum, Julia. Hello. We are your 100% unofficial, unexpurgated, and spangle-obsessed source of Strictly Come Dancing analysis and opinions. We aren't necessarily neutral. We try our best to be polite. But sometimes it doesn't quite work. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at keepdancingpod. We'd love to hear your views, theories, and general views and comments on why Movie Week should be cancelled. So, should Movie Week be cancelled? Yes. Lisa says yes. yes. <laughs> Emily says yes. Yes. Uh, I think it's too early. It's too early in the series for a theme. I think we needed a couple more weeks where they actually could just do a dance to a particular piece of music without it having to be themed up. Yeah, it's, it's this thing where they really like to hit the dressing up box, get hit the props warehouse. Um, it's like they've got a two-month membership to the props warehouse <laughs> and they're, they're keen to stretch it as far as they can. Yeah, and I think Halloween would be early enough, actually. The show, the show does only really feel like it gets going at Halloween. Yeah, that's true. But still, we're here, making the best of it. Shall we get into the dancers then? Because there's still an awful, awful lot of them. And some of them are awful. And some of them are just a lot. <laughs> the man with the shiny plastic helmet it's Simon Rimmer and his partner Karen you actually used that joke what's wrong with it <laughs> no I think it's fine you just made me laugh I just haven't I haven't written another one okay fair like, the, there was there was nothing they, that was the problem with this dance for me there was nothing to either like or take the mickey out of I think Ken, the judges use the word safe and I think that's how it was there was a lot of safe moves and um, safety about it to avoid doing anything outlandish that might um, make him look silly, really. Which is a shame, really, because then they made him look silly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the Buzz Lightyear look really translated. They gave it their best shot, but it was it was the makeup for me that made that looked really distracting. He looked like uh, a RuPaul's Drag Race contestant who would get kicked out in one for not being able to contour properly. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's got. He was, he was really enjoying it, and he is, he is a very good dancer. He's very good at keeping time, at understanding where, understanding where he needs to be and when he doesn't, like... He's not falling behind at all. He just needs to kind of refine stuff and make it more like a presentable dance than just a bloke moving in time to music. <laughs> I am I am willing to upgrade him from the top of the no hopers into the bottom of the improvers if he keeps improving. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah, well, he's he's heading in the right direction. I mean, he is improving, isn't he? Yeah, he is He was improving. slightly hampered yes. by the odd makeup and costume this week, but dance-wise, he's heading in the right direction, which is... Yes, Anne, Anne, you haven't uh, given us the full weight of your opinion on Simon yet. <laughs> um, I mean, I have to agree. Um, one of the things I really noticed in his dance was the fact that his timing has got a lot better. Mm. Um, and he was in time, he was in time with the music, he was in time with his partner. Um, I think I think he just felt generally a bit more, he, he looks and feels a bit more confident in Hulk because obviously he's got somebody who can work with him. Yeah. Um, I did find it, it was a lot better than I expected. That all said and done, he is in the death slot, so they were never, ever going to be wow, you're brilliant, or, oh, my God, that was awful. They were always going to be, this is safe. It was a good, it was a good, lively show opener. And I think, uh, you know, we've only had three shows, but actually, I do think that was the best opener that we've had. I think, you know, they started with Charlotte, didn't they? And that was just a bit flat. And then last week, I can't remember. (laughs) So I think they got that right as a good opener for the show. But by the time the evening had finished, yes. I've forgotten him. Although I say evening, uh, Lisa and I <laughs> were out for Lisa's birthday last night in Vienna. So technically, legally speaking, we haven't watched the show at all. We've only watched the dancers on YouTube. Yes, absolutely. We we haven't got into iPlayer at all in any way, shape or form. No, I mean, it's no. impossible. How could we? How could we possibly do that? Anyway, moving on. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> um, has everybody said anything that... Uh, has everybody had... All the say they want to have on Simon. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, okay, moving swiftly on. Dancing the rumba, fresh from Las Vegas, where the illusionism and magic show sold out for five weeks in a row. It's Ruth Langsford and her partner, Anton. I didn't mind this. I think rumba, that was all right. Yeah, for an mm. Anton rumba, like I was able to watch it without watching through my fingers. I wasn't sick. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was very dignified, and Ruth probably had one of the better wigs of the week. Oh, Ruth looked yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, Ruth has looked amazing every show so far. Yeah, and I really thought it was a lovely rumba. It reminded me of. When Anton had the rumble with Leslie Garrett, it wasn't overly sexy, but it, it delivered what it needed to for a rumba. And the judges were all going about how it was cold and icy, and I but, didn't think that at but all. That's what Diamonds Are Forever is about. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think yeah. this is my word for it is appropriate. Mm. It was mm. appropriate. And yeah. I did actually enjoy Eamon showing up with cardboard. Yeah. Roof. Their little VT was good. <laughs> yeah, that was actually very funny. An actually funny comedy VT. Mm. Yeah. Technically, it's very hard to say what was going on on account of the fog machine. Oh, if you can't do it, get out the fog machine. Yeah. And uh, you had another uh, gripe about pyro. Yes. Two weeks in a row. Like, yeah, so, okay. Can I just do my pyro thing All right, now? You can, can do I your just pyro have my minute of I will do mine. slating pyro. Yeah. Okay, first of all, Strictly have bought a pyro machine. Why? Also, Strictly have bought a really, really rubbish pyro machine. It looks like the kind of pyro that amateur dramatics companies hire because they think, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll go flashy and we'll buy some pyro, and they always just look a bit rubbish. If you have bad like, pyro, you risk setting fire to the costume. <laughs> you, uh, also, it, it looks like a damp... It, it just is not right. The, the, the arena, the, the studio that they use, is too small for a fireworky pyro. I, I might come on to the fire columns later, because they were actually quite good. But this pyro machine they bought is ridiculous. That's my first gripe. My second gripe is Anton and Ruth had pyro in their first routine, you, and now they've got it again, only two weeks later, you, you either have to divvy out the pyro equally so that everybody gets a shot at having pyro, 
or no one has pyro, which is what I would prefer. The, the only time Strictly should be allowed to use pyro is in the final. I would allow them decent pyro in the final, but this is not Azerbaijan at Eurovision. Get rid of the pyro. pyro shut up now. Pyro is expensive. It's more important to have it look nice rather than sparingly scrape it over the whole series. Yes. Well, it's like... You know, it's like if you go to a professional firework display, it's always really good. If you buy a box for 24 quid down the newsagent on the corner and set them off in your garden, they always look a bit naff, and that's what it looks like. It looks like they bought something from the, like, you know, cheap Chinese warehouse that's come into some corner shop in the backside of London and, and spent 15 quid on it. And it's you, ridiculous. I really, really, really hate the pyro this year. It's horrible. It doesn't add. It detracts. And it cheapens strictly. Um, anybody else? <laughs> any strong views on pyro? I'm going to drink my wine now. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have strong views on pyro, but I would say um, it's not, notable this year how they moved away from using as many... Um, on stage light props, which is a shame because what we were, we talked about a lot last year was how much we enjoyed the on stage lighting props, and they seem to have replaced those with pyro. Oh, so so like this would have looked better if Anton and Ruth had been dancing in between sort of six foot columns of sort of coruscating opal looking light. Now that would have looked fabulous. Yeah. But it's harder to pull off. You don't just hire somebody in to do like a silver flashbang. No. You actually have to go to the props where. Well, you would think that they would love to go to the props warehouse. They <laughs> love that place. They might have run out of space in the van to the yeah, props warehouse well, this week. I mean, though, they, had all, they did have all sorts of props this week. Uh, but more on those later. Are we concluding in general that Ruth did a lovely job and we will find the pyro person? And have a word later. <laughs> I think Anton did a really good job as well. Yeah, actually, I think yeah. He handled he handled the whole thing very well, very well choreographed. You know, not too kind of over the top slutty, but enough to kind of make it a rumba. Um, so well done to him, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he like a dignified and aloof rumba. Mm. It was it yes. was really good. And that was Ruth and Anton. Dancing the American Smooth. It's enough to make Julie Andrews smash up her guitar. Oh. It's Molly King and her partner, AJ. Um, I got to read a prepared statement from Lisa, who is in too much, <laughs> too much like Austrian sound of music related anguish about this to be able to say anything coherent. Uh, Emily, would you like to start us off? <laughs> It was, I mean, I know it was the sound of music and everything, but it was really twee. I didn't, I, yeah, I, I, I'm not, I'm not getting invested in uh, Molly and AJ, I think is my main problem. Yeah, it, I sort of... It was all right. It was all right. I don't think a nun should be doing the splits in the air, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it was, it was fine. As I say, I'm just struggling to get invested in Molly and AJ's progression in the, uh, in the show at the moment. I, I feel like, of all the interesting contestants this year, she's not my fave. Oh, no. I think there is that there is that thing that they are. I hate to say this, but a little bit bland at the moment. Um, and it is the it is that that's because there are such big characters in there, and um, that they're sort of just bubbling under at the moment and and not really causing any major reactions. Well, apart from Lisa, who, I don't know, she nearly crushed a mug in her bare hands. <laughs> oh, my. Costuming-wise, so we saw about a thousand actual dirndls yesterday as we were waiting for the Vienna Folklore Festival to open. We Which saw, was awesome, we yes, should just tell yes. you that. Um, dirndls, they can come in all sorts of lengths and cuts and sizes on a like a modesty gradient from ankle length to I can see your bra, madam. <laughs> um, and what Molly was wearing was not one of those. Well, it it wasn't a dirndl, it was a tea dress with a 
horrible apron over the top that didn't match on the neckline. And because it had that sheer, the, the stripe of sheer um, organza through it, it looked grey with the navy blue in the back. The wig was the worst wig I've ever seen. And I've worked with some drag queens, you know. Like, honestly, the whole... I'm just going to... Give, right, all right, give me a okay, second. Okay, Lisa, I'm going to have my wine. The whole thing, <laughs> for me, was... 100% a complete disaster, darling, as Craig would say. I honestly think that is the worst dance and the worst visual I have ever seen on Strictly Come Dancing. I'll shut up now and drink my wine. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Well, I'm not a particularly big fan of the sound of music. Hallelujah, and we are friends already. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't, I don't particularly even like Julie Andrews that much. Full stop. Um, oh no, that, that's not okay. I, d- I, I don't really like musicals. Full stop. To be absolutely <laughs> honest. Well, um, we can't all but, like musicals. Otherwise, no. we won't be able to go to. Them. Uh, so I, I just find this a very just kind of mediocre. I felt that she was very ungraceful getting out of some of those lifts, mm-hmm. which is just not good for anybody pretending to be a nun. And that I, I felt the, the the last lift seemed to just go on forever and ever and she was just kind of being ragdolled around the ballroom and then they formed over her at the end it's like you're literally being carried through this process i do some dancing i would like like you were saying on the twitters last night as you blendedly were absolutely savage on the keep dancing pod live tweet last night um I would like. To, I would love to see the rules because I'm fairly sure that AJ just holding Molly in the air for I don't know fifty percent of that routine. Yeah, that, that can't be allowed in the rules. I was sure he was going to get in trouble for that because he got in trouble for it when he was dancing with Claudia last year. Yes, and, and the rules did come up quite a few times in yeah. that episode. So I find it a little weird that this one's. Maybe this was the first one that made made them go, oh, did they? But they didn't say anything about it. And then the next person who was a bit uh, on the rules, they kind of knifed in the back. Yes. But this was overmarked, totally. Oh, well, by many, 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 many points. Well, I think I think we've I think we've done enough here. So <laughs> my blood pressure is rising just thinking back about it. That's... Dancing the Paso Doble. Richard, I love you, but we only have 14 hours to save the earth. It's <laughs> Reverend Richard Coles and his partner, Diane. Now, Flash Gordon is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. It's, it's so silly. It's so fun. It's sort of mythic. The production and costume design is just delicious. The dance, less so. But no, the, film, the film is like the dance. It's so artistically bad that it becomes compelling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I think that I, I think it's one of those ones where the song choice did not serve the dance very well. No, I uh, no, I mean you would actually have had to be quite good at the Paso Doble to make the like it's actually a very minimal piece of music, the flash theme. There's not a lot yeah. going on. No, it's quite simple musically speaking. It's, it's just that four to the floor beat, yeah. some samples and a riff. Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> I think he did his absolute best. I don't think anyone can deny that he has slugged his guts out, you know, so far in the competition. He's doing a really good job of trying to improve. I just don't know how much talent there is there to to work with. It's a real shame because I was hoping it was going to be really good. (laughs) 
And, yeah. You know, I, I fully appreciate the economics of whipping the wig off of Molly and sticking it on Richard and turning him into essentially Theresa May, a drag Theresa May. That's what he looked like. When they cut to him, like in the group shots when he was up in the Claudatorium. In profile, he especially. He just essentially looked like a drag Theresa May, which just made me laugh the whole Theresa time. Theresa May wishes it. she could carry off that yes, on. Yes, she does. <laughs> she does. Mum? Well, I, I think the thing that bothers me most is the wig. Um, <laughs> and I just. I, I just feel so sorry for him because I think, actually, he's not being shy to actually get really into it and attempt all the moves. And yet he's he's sort of being let down by that awful wig. I I just really, I really feel for him this week with that grotesque thing on his head. (laughs) And, And I think if he'd just move his middle a bit, that would help him as well. Simon Rimmer's the same. No movement around the middle. They're moving the legs and they're making expressions with the faces and they're moving their arms, but there's no full body. It's their core, isn't it? They've got to start their core. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we should have a sort of pre-strictly Pilates boot camp yeah. for, starting in <laughs> July or something. Get everybody yeah. more nice and strong. That's probably a good idea. Uh, I'm not a Pilates instructor. Don't call me. Okay. (laughs) It is probably fair to say, though, Richard Coles is, without a shadow of a doubt, the coolest priest that the Anglican Church currently has in the Crockford Directory. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dancing the quick step. You say ballet. I say ballet. We all say, trained dancer, whatever. It's Debbie McGee and her partner, Giovanni. Again, you know, just effortlessly good. We, we come to expect this from Debbie. What's going to happen when she has a bad week, when the dance doesn't suit her? Oh, I've got to say, when she had uh, those couple of criticisms, she looked like she was going to bump someone. <laughs> you could really see her face. You know, she was, she was sucking her cheeks mm. In, in anger, I think. Um, sometimes, sometimes when you're trying to hold back a little bit of a cry, you can do the sucking in of the cheeks. Yeah, I suppose so. But it looked more like I'm going to thump you than I'm going to cry. That's just, so, but that's, who knows? just because that's your response when people criticise you, Emma. It doesn't mean it's Debbie's. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I did enjoy it. It was good. Like you say, I think she might fall foul of the fact that there's no uh, progression looking likely because she's just going to be consistently quite good. Very good. That that sort of allows you to make the final, but it absolutely does not allow you to win, as Danny Mac can attest from last year. Yes. Except Danny Mac didn't start out as a trained dancer. So... Yes, we know he'd had some dance experience, but he wasn't a dancer. He was an actor. You know, we had a re- we had a request from our regular listener James for you to go into specifically your beef with Debbie a little bit more. If you can do that at a sort of a sixty percent rage level, <laughs> maybe give us two minutes. No, I can do it in, in much less than that. I don't find Debbie very authentic and, and any any of our crossover listeners, I don't know if there are any who, who listen to the ESC Insight podcast that we do at Eurovision will hear me talk a lot about authenticity as an artist and authenticity as a person. Like, that's what I want to see. And I just find Debbie really fake. I don't think there's much authentic about her. I think she plays up for the camera and I... I am not interested in what she has to do or say on my television screen. But Lisa, this is reality TV. You know how reality TV works. What percentage of this do you expect to be authentic? No, well, I don't expect a hundred percent of it to be authentic, but I just find so you know, in in the comedy VT at the beginning when they were sort of sat on the floor and Debbie <laughs> was saying, you know, oh, I never expected to be on top of the thing. I'm like, I'm 100% sure she expected to be on top of the... She expects to be on top of the leaderboard every week, or at least in, like, the, the top three. 
Which is why I think when she was getting those criticisms this week, she was kind of angry because in her mind, she is the best dancer in the show. And I just don't like... Would you? Would you feel? I don't better? know. That, I can't say I don't like her because I don't know her, but I don't like her character that I see on screen. Would you rather that she just sort of owned the fact that she yes. already knows how to dance? Yes, I think I would. I think I would um, because that, to me, at least, would be authentic. Like, don't don't tell me you expect to get like fives and six or whatever when you really know you're going to get eights and nines across the board just you know acknowledge that you're starting from a different position and go on a different journey that would be interesting she should be talking in terms of how well she does compared with how well she thinks she does do you know let me i just thought of a a comparison do you remember the very first series of dancing on ice and bonnie langford was in it and she started from a position of acknowledging that she was a dancer, mm-hmm. but then went through the journey of having to retrain to be a dancer on ice because it obviously it's very different. You need bent knees where you've been taught to lock your knees. And she kind of went on that journey. I would love to have seen Debbie acknowledge that she's starting with ballet and then work on showing the difference between ballet as a dance medium and how you retrain to do ballroom and latin that to me would have been really interesting and i wouldn't be so angry with in fact, in fact darcy darcy bloody bustle made a whole documentary about how you retrain your body from yes. ballet to do different styles yes exactly so this should have been an extension of that but it's it's saturday night you know i don't want to say lowest common denominator audience but it kind of feels like that to me I, the thing is, though, Debbie's already got enough story. She, like, from the point of view of a reality TV producer, Debbie doesn't need any more story no. than widow of a beloved entertainer. Yeah, I know. And I'm still working. annoyed with her for the week one kiss thing. So, you know, and it's... <laughs> let's move on. Well, okay. Do, would anybody else like to weigh in on Debbie? When I met her, I thought she was really lovely. She's She seems very quiet as a person anyway and I think she's quite guarded time I did meet her she was she was just really lovely I mean obviously I was it was a weird circumstance I was serving her in a shop and all of that but she she seemed like a really nice woman and I've been very fond of her ever since Anne I I mean whoops um I, I mean personally um I mean, I, 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 I get what Lisa's talking about, the fact that, you know, she has this kind of confidence, maybe slightly overconfidence about her. But um, what I would say, just in terms of the show, is that maybe she would like to show people that she's going on this journey from ballet to ballroom, but she's got like a two-minute VT on a Saturday night that, mo- that you know, most people actually don't give two hoots about that. They just want to know how she and um, her partner are flirting all the time and la, 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 la. Um, so, I mean, I, d- I don't know how much creative control she has of that in the first place. Basically, Maybe she'd love to show people, you know, how this is actually really difficult for her or really easy for her. I don't know, but I don't know how much... That she's been allowed to show. I think they could definitely be telling her story better. Yes. Yeah. All right, you've kind of got me thinking, Anne. Maybe my gripe is as much with the Strictly team and how they're telling Debbie's story as with Debbie's, to me, sort of lack of authenticity. I think it might be a bit of a two-sided storm like, that's annoying me at the moment. She's a very authentic person, but they're just, like, yeah. they're not interested in that. Yeah. They're doing a bad they're thing. Probably think, yeah, they're probably thinking, what's going to get people watching the show? Mm. Actually, people don't care that she used to be a ballet dancer. They just care that she's married to Paul Daniels or, you know, that she's flirting with her partner or what lovely dress is she going to wear? They don't actually give two hoots mm. about yeah. her journey because even though it, it's, it is the journey, it's very different to everybody else's. Mm. Yeah. 
On the dress front, she looked fabulous. Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Okay, let's move on because we have been talking for half an hour and we've only got to five dancers, so we're going to have to speed up. <clears throat> Dancing the American smooth with straw stuffed in places where he didn't know he had places, it's Brian Conley and his partner, Amy. Brilliant. Brian's best dance. I thought it was great. He's a comedian. He really brought the comedy into the dance. His dancing was good too. He was he, yeah, yeah. Like, a bit like Simon. He's not the best dancer in the show. We know that, but he's on time. He keeps with his partner. He keeps to the music. He understood the comedy. His presentation was brilliant. Um, and I was really impressed by it. Yeah, it was fun of character. You know, the ending was quite nice. A nice bit of slapstick. Um, but um, the one thing that really annoyed me was every so often his face would slip. And when his face slipped, he kind of looked like a <gasps> scared bunny in headlights. And that kind of put me off oh. every so often. He did that, actually, in the tango as well. Every so often his his kind of character face would start to slip because he was in, oh, God, what the hell's coming next mode? Or am I doing the right thing mode? And his face would kind of slip. Yeah, he's um, not got that sort of fixed facial expression of a dance. Yes, um, but I think that's just him really concentrating because this is really hard for him, bless him. Oh, yes. He's doing a good job. You can tell he's trying really hard. And I do think you can, there's really noticeable improvement in what he's doing. Like the judge has said, you know, and I, I do agree with him in his case, he, he characterised that dance so well. It really, really sold it. It shows how much of an overlap in terms of the sort of the physical skill and the timing required there is between dance and physical comedy. Yeah, I'm going to say it's, it was really noticeable, you know, it, even just the stuff when they finished the dance and he jumped onto the wall and missed and went over the back. You know, you, you, you do need that. And it was it was good. And she looked brilliant. I loved what she was wearing. Oh, yes. See, that was much more like an actual dandelion. That was so much better. My only little gripe was her shoes should have been sparkly like the ruby slippers. And the ruby stars, yes, they were red, so they got the right colour. It's unlike Strictly not to over-sparkle something. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, was, I was shocked that they not rhinestone the shoes, actually. I mean, it's not like they're short of rhinestones, glitter and crystals, is it? I mean, you could have just, <laughs> like, given it a bit of spray. Yeah. Yeah, spray glue, roll them in glitter. Uh, the Keep Dancing Pod DIY Sparkle Shoe <laughs> tutorial is coming soon. <laughs> Dancing the Charleston. There's been an awful misunderstanding in the FHM photo shoot office. It's Gemma Atkinson and her partner, Aliash. Well, once we get past what on earth Aliash was wearing, because I think they nearly killed him with the faux fur bear suit. <laughs> Um, I thought it was supposed to be a pregnant mouse. <laughs> not, not for me. Not on the bear. <laughs> I mean, I knew he was supposed to be a bear, but that's what it looked like. That I couldn't get past it. He really did look like he was going to keel over when he was in the Claudistorian yes. uh, blessing. And he lost an ear. Yeah, and he lost an ear. Yeah. And I bet he lost to... loads of weight sweating off in that. Yeah, and then there's Gemma, just sort of like the girl who goes out as a cat on Halloween. Just Yeah. Yes. But, you know, for Charleston, it was an awful lot of fun, really cute, really adorable. You know, she can. she's clearly picking up speed with the acquisition of the technique. Again, a slightly unswivelly Charleston, but you know, if it's up to us, we're getting rid of the Charleston next next year. Yeah, we we want the Charleston gone. I mean, we say that every year, and I think it's in because Craig is like the Charleston fan, or you know, he loves it. He does. He does. I, I love the dance. My criticism on this one is the lighting. It wasn't lit very well, and because she was wearing black, it tended to just get a little bit lost. It, it needed a bit of better lighting. Black is very hard to light on stage. Very, very hard to light. If your dancer or your performer, whatever they're doing, is in all black, it is quite a challenge. There's a reason why stagehands wear all black. Yeah, so that you can't see them on the stage. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, yes, I don't think we need to go into Gemma and Aliash in very much depth. Just, you know, keep up the good work. I thought the... Um People doing the design for the floor projections 
this week did a superb job, particularly the, the rolling river logs. Yeah, and I like the flood projection. I thought they were kebabs. <laughs> okay, Al. <laughs> I might have been hungry when I was watching this. Oh no, we were having we were eating cake at the time. We were cake oh. for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> when in Vienna. No, no, no. We, we I, I like this one. This, uh, this was this was good. I felt affinity with Ali Ash. I said about he lost his ear and Slavko lost his braid on X Factor on the other side. So it was a yeah. Oh, you stop <laughs> it with the cross promotion. <laughs> Okay, so we will move on because the next one is going to require some chatting about. Oh dear. Dancing the tango. I feel the need, the need for speed and accuracy and presentation and chemistry, which are also important in dance. It's Charlotte Hawkins and her partner, Brendan. I think you might need to rephrase that. It wasn't Charlotte Hawkins and her partner, Brendan. It was Charlotte Hawkins... And Brendan. <laughs> I, Emily, I think you're right. I was doubting you a little bit last week when you said that Charlotte hated Brendan. Charlotte hates Brendan. Charlotte absolutely hates yeah, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. And given the way that he was so patronising to the legend that is Shirley Ballas, who, like, when, when the other pros were getting compliments on their routines, they looked like they were about to cry. And he called her, my dear... Mm. Yeah. Hands up. Right. Who thinks this is going to be Brendan's last season on Strictly? Yeah. 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 I think. I think. Yeah. Both last week and this week, what's really come across to me is that it's about. For, for me, what I'm seeing is, look at how brilliant I am, Brendan Cole. Not look at what I'm doing to try and show my uh, dancer to the best of their ability. It's almost like, look at me being a flash dancer. And the whole Top Gun thing, that was clearly Brendan's fantasy rather than anything that Charlotte was interested in. Like, I bet she would have rather done, like, Pretty in Pink or, you know, a John Hughes film or something rather than Blooming Top Gun. This was just so that Brendan could sit on a motorbike and wear a leather jacket. Yeah. I'll tell you what I thought was particularly gruesome and gross and that was the end shot where he laid what about that made me feel very uncomfortable because I don't think she looked all right about that even though it was only on screen last week I realized it was Charlotte is deeply uncomfortable it would appear in Brendan's company and I think like we were saying you know it's it's the disconnect that we think that that beautiful young woman should be an amazing dancer because society tells us that beautiful young women should be wonderful dancers and I do think she's she's struggling with the dancing anyway but I, I, I for me I'm interpreting a massive distance from her from her holding back from Brendan and it, yeah it's, it's upsetting because you know I, I think so we've lost Chizzy from the show before we really ought to have done, which means that Pasha currently doesn't have a celebrity partner. If, say, Brendan were to decide that, you know, his beef with Shirley is just too much for him to continue, how would we feel about lovely, wonderful, sweet Pasha coming in and dancing with Charlotte? Yeah, I'd be fine with that. I think that's where... I think she'd like that. I think Charlotte would be well up for that. Yes. And I think we would see her blossom. We would. Brendan, that's just not on. Technically, I did, however, adore her costume. Yes, I know. I wear that outfit. Like, you could just wear that straight out. Yeah. Yeah. And technically, other than the sort of terrible vibe that we're getting, how is Charlotte doing? <laughs> um, oh. her, her, her legs and her feet really need a lot of work. Um, her knees are always too bent. I don't know whether she's stepping too big for herself. Mm. So she's having to bend to kind of get in the right place. And she's just stepping on her foot. She's not kind of driving, but having a weight through her foot, feet. I mean, it does look like if, if, if you know, there was a, a, a severe gust of wind that she would just blow away if she wasn't kind of tied to Brendan, um, which is probably the only time she'd like to be tied to Brendan. 
because um, it just, yeah, I, I, I yeah, that, that, it was, it was just all about Brendan. I don't know whether, oh, I don't know, there's just something not right. Brendan is just not the right teacher for her. Just having to think about what you're saying about how she's placing her feet. Have any of us noticed what sort of heel height she's wearing? And I wonder if she needs to change the height of her dance shoes. I think she's wearing they've general height. Yeah, they've been quite high. Yeah, she is. I wonder if she'd be better off with a lower shoe. She might not feel like she had to bend her knees. I said that as we were watching it earlier. I said her knees are really, like, too bent for a tango. You want a bit of bend, but she was, you know, too deep. Yeah. I wonder whether it is because her heels are a quarter inch or a half inch too high. Maybe she would be better in a slightly lower heel. That might help counteract the knee problem. Maybe yeah. Brendan thinks he's about an inch taller than he actually is. No, yes. Brendan thinks he's about six inches taller than he is. Well, anyway, moving swiftly on. I'm in a really like, angry mood tonight. I need to we, stop. We clearly need to take Lisa out for her dinner. I'm obviously hungry. <laughs> okay, so we've got something nice to talk about. It's We're, we're reviving a popular segment from last year. Dancing the Tango. It's the most desirable man in fiction. He's sweaty. He's swarthy. He's got tenure. It's Indiana Jones. No, it's Johnny Peacock and his partner, Orty. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so, um, yes, because we have yet another sportsman who refuses to adopt the proper hip position for his Spanish lines, we're reviving the segment 10 Minutes of Bum Chat. Suck it. Under. Okay. Ah, Johnny and Oti. Can we talk about Johnny's bum then? Is that oh, okay? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what the segment's about. Okay, great. Um, so this was a really full routine. Like, Johnny did a few things that I wasn't expecting him to be able to do. Yes, I agree with that. Like, leap off the rope mm-hmm. and do a safe landing and do the move where you swap what knee you're on. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I like I was expecting to sort of not see those moves. Mm. I was expecting to see a different, other, like, equally impressive move. But it's, it's not that she's adapted the choreography for him. It's that they've been comfortable enough in the training room to be able to, like, work out what's possible. And it turns out basically everything. Yeah, and where it's not possible with the one, with, like, with the foot, we just put the blade on and yeah, just go carry on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, has anybody got anything coherent to say about Johnny and Oti? Uh, yeah, it's it kind of linked to the 10 minutes of bum chat, though, I'm afraid. All right. Um, the, ten, the 10 minute timer is on. Yeah, lovely. Um, as we were back, 10 minutes of bum chat, and he, you know, he was not tucking his bum under. But I do wonder, again, um, similar to Greg last year, the original, you know, uh, a start of this conversation, you know, they're both athletes that are runny, jumpy, leggy. They, you, they're both requiring to have explosive force pushing from their legs. So obviously they have incredibly developed glutes. Indeed, yes, they, that is, that's what I was... I was and there's just, the wall. Under, there's just not enough under to tuck it. Indeed, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think that, you know, particularly uh, with Johnny needing um, the extra you know, power and, and weight distribution for running on a blade... Is is there enough under to tuck? Moving away from bums for a second, I thought he no. was trying really hard with the arm part of the Spanish lines shaping. And even though sometimes you could sort of see the concentration on his face, mm. he never really let it let it down. He was all no. I thought shaped. I thought he did a superb job again. He clearly yeah. likes the larking about and dressing up bits. He, as we said, he would. Yes, absolutely. Anything else to say, Anthony? Um, I don't know. I mean, the time is still running. Mum? He's a very nice bum. Um, I just, I just uh, am agreeing as regards the tucking the bum under. But I, I do think it is to do with that stance for the, the forward motion, which is why he's sort of stooping over, because that's his natural stance. Well, uh, and his natural the, line of balance for his body. The passive display um, stance is very unnatural. Mm. Yeah. So I, I think if he if he stays in, I think he'll work more on that. And he's the kind of guy that would actually sort that 
you know, he, he's got that determination that's quite apparent. There aren't any other dances, though, are there, where it is so imperative to tuck your bum under? He's kind of done Ta- that one. Tango. He's, he's not done a tango. No, tango, that requires a bit of bum tucking, doesn't it? Yeah. Although people have been let away with the most egregious fails at tango this year already. Yes, it's true. Well, at least he's got that mom done. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I do, he can stick his bum out on my television. I don't mind. <laughs> it's a lovely bum. Thanks, Johnny. Is. Yeah, I think that's all of the coherent statements we have on Johnny and Oti this week. Just, just, just keep doing what you do, guys. Just keep doing what you do. Dancing the samba and fighting for your human rights in her satin tights. It's actual human rights lawyer Susan Kalman and her partner Kevin. I can't we we can't do heart emojis on a yeah heart, emo, a heart emojis podcast. don't work in a purely audio format. I don't know. I just felt sort of proud of her. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah, definitely. Like I feel like she's our girl, like because she is one of us. She's a fan of the show, so I kind of feel like like she is one of us. So it's okay for us to be proud of her because yeah, yeah, because she's. Yeah. Oh, girl. <laughs> and technically, this was a very interesting routine because um, this was one of the first times in Strictly we've seen an example of liquid lead dancing where the lead goes from the male to the female and back again during the course yes. of the dance. And I think that that's a more interesting development than allowing same-sex partners and to have it be in a Wonder Woman themed dance is fabulous. It's perfect, yeah. Perfect. Exactly. You could really tell that she was leading those parts. She was so knackered at the end of it. And when you're leading, it takes a lot of kind of strength and power to actually lead your partner. It takes a lot more than you think it does. So I'm not surprised. I mean, Sanders are quite heavy on the knees and kind of up and down anyway. Um, but to actually do some leading as well, good honour. Really good honour. Yeah, absolutely fantastic, Susan. She, you say she had a massive wig on, and her wife had the Wonder Woman headband on. I like, I so nearly lovely. cried when I saw that. I was like, I love those two so much. I want to know them. I want to meet them. I think they're just lovely. Yes. Are they going to get that co- costume back from her? No. No. That's not coming back to the, the costume. It's already it? mysteriously disappeared, and uh, you know, <laughs> Teresa and everybody at DSI are turning a blind eye to the whole thing. <laughs> that wig was really good on her, actually. I thought it really suited it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if she'll have the patience to grow two foot of hair, but it's always nice to have the option of a wig. Yeah, <laughs> it, it looked really good, and I thought. That outfit really, it, it just sort of encapsulated her. It was, <laughs> it was like, it was made for her. It, well, it was. And it made her look really yeah. powerful as well, which is, you know, sometimes when you're dressing up as a female superhero, you're not necessarily in something that's actually suitable to do a samba. But, like, she was dressed like the Gal Gadot Wonder Woman in something that's actually suitable to move in and that frees you up to do all of the crazy shaking it and whip action and spinning your gentleman on the floor. And the red boots. Oh, yes, and those red boots. And the red boots. I mean, where can I get a pair of those, please? Yeah, I think we knew this was going to be good from the moment that she posted the red boots on Twitter. Yeah. Dancing the Viennese waltz with the epic sweep of Russian history reduced to a 90-second Saturday Night Light Entertainment dance routine. It's Joe McFadden and his partner, Katya. I was maybe expecting this to be a bit, like... Wet? Yeah, but it was actually powerful. Yeah, it was wonderful. I thought it was great. It was a great story to it, didn't it? It was very romantic. Mm. They, I think, got the best of the props and the staging. I, I really appreciated the shot where we had Joe, you know, 
at work on his poems and you could see Katja in the sleigh slightly out of focus and then they uh, changed the depth of field so that Katja was also in focus. I thought that was a fantastic shot. Somebody should be very proud of that. Yes. I'm thinking about it now. Yeah. They've got the wonderful snow at the end. And Katya in her Ishanka and Joe in his like wonderful Slavic oh, shirt. It just was great. I don't think he expected it to go so well. He looked properly astonished. I think he was surprised by how well it went. Yeah, that's some authentic astonishment. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> it is. And I... I... I don't like to be kind of like down on on Debbie or anyone really, but I just genuinely felt that Joe was. Would you rather have like eight Joe quality people who are going to improve and seven no hopers than yeah five, five no hopers, five improvers, and five ringers? Yeah, I would. I'd rather have them all starting out a sort of medium. We're gonna we player. are actually gonna run out of non-stage schooled celebrities soon yeah which is good i'm i'm glad about that (laughs) (laughs) um no i thought this was great i thought this really evoked the mood of you know russia in the winter and the dance was uh, somebody said it was really romantic and again you know in terms of keeping time keeping with his partner i think these two dance like they've danced for a long time i think this is a really one of those natural partnerships that you see sometimes on Strictly. Nothing feels very forced in their partnership. It feels like, a bit like Rob Rinder and Oksana last year, it just felt like a very natural friendship developing alongside the dance partnership. And I'm really, really thrilled to see that grow and develop more during the series. Well done, Katja. Mm. More please. Mm. Well done, Joe. The cha-cha to the closest thing we'll get to a Eurovision song on Strictly this year. <laughs> it's Aston Merigold and his partner Jeanette. Uh, let's just keep this to a one sentence each. Anne. I, I thought his arms were really bad, actually. The rest of him was fine, but his arms really got to me. I think it's because of that skin suit. Yeah, I think that bits, very pointy. Very distracting. Emily. Yeah, I mean, it was very good, but um, they looked utterly ridiculous. I don't think I have anything here to say, actually. Yeah, it was good. It's like last week. It's good, but it leaves me cold. Mum? Yeah, I thought it was good. It was very entertaining. And um, I'd like to see him do something that actually challenged him. Oh, and he has to stop grabbing his crotch. I'm so grab his crotch. Okay, I will... um, address it in a letter to the editor uh lisa yeah i i mean all of the above really a very very good i think i predicted the score didn't i before they said it yeah, yeah i said that's going to be an eight from craig and three nines and what did we get eight from craig and three nines it's almost like i've watched the show before huh? um i think it was overmarked, but you know we we they're gonna they're gonna run out of paddles before we even get to the halloween reset which is going to be interesting yeah exactly yeah it was it was good i actually quite liked what they looked like i thought they looked really cute um and i loved the little pot stirrer it was which is available the, as an infinite looping gift it from is. our twitter account the pot stirrer i know it was i think it was shirley who picked this up but the pot stirrer was bang on the timing of the music which is very difficult for a celebrity to do so that's me Dancing the American smooth. It's the woman who smiles when you present her with a massive stalk of celery. It's Alexandra Burke and her partner, Gorka. So uh, who is going to join in on my coach trip to go and see Alexandra as Eliza Doolittle when she inevitably gets cast in this next year? Me. It did feel like an audition, didn't it? Yeah, (laughs) especially with the screen-accurate hat. Yes. Who do we think should play Professor Higgins? Lisa reckons Jason Donovan. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good. He's a West End pro now. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. But that's kind of it when we're talking about Alexandra. We're already talking about her in terms of what incredible jobs she's going to get as a result of wowing us every week on Strictly. The- yeah, I, I, I think um, the, the sort of, the first week when she was so emotional and then now we're seeing that sort of professionalism brought to each dance, it, it really sort of shows you that 
again, it's going to be one of those things where it's hard to see the improvement because she's already good. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to really see her sort of... You know how Johnny and Otie are sort of always on the edge of it not quite working and it sort of shambles together at the last minute? With Alexandra, it always just looks effortless and professional and high quality and there's no danger there. Mm. It's the same as we said about Danny last year, isn't it? It is that it is that you'll get to the final but you might not win because people can't identify with her. If they can get Debbie to the final, she'll probably win. Yeah, I think Debbie might go before the final though. I think she's quarters. Ooh, ooh, okay, in a sort of a controversial elimination. Anyway, we've got yeah. sidetracked again. Dancing the, I guess it's a samba, and reminding us all of the beauty of pre-Scientology Travolta and the beauty of showing Shirley Ballas your undercarriage. It's Darren Gadami <laughs> and his partner, Nadia. Well, Shirley, oh, when, nice when he was on the judge's table and Shirley was basically laid flat out. <laughs> She didn't know what she didn't know what to do with us. I think I think we ought to ban the contestants from doing stuff on the judges' table. That should be for group numbers only. Yeah, I think I think it, it's one of those things that um, it can look like people are currying favour. Yeah, keep them keep them away from there. Keep him away from there. What, you think that they marked him higher because, because he wriggled his bum in the face? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if he got any yeah. bonus in marks, it's because he's an EastEnder. I think, you know, we, we've said it before where they, they dance on the judges' table. To me, that just has an air of desperation about it. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? It just carries that, like, we're, we're clinging to something, what? we're desperate for something, and, and you don't actually need to do it because... David is, is a good dancer, a perfectly yeah. adequate dancer. Um, you know, he's got a journey to go on, to use that word. But he's, he's, he's heading completely in the right direction with his dancing, with his partnership, with his timing, his musicality. I'm, I'm really pleased with how he's doing. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need to do the gimmicky tricks to get the points. No, like, all he, like, the thing that he could do that would serve him best is get the sort of the tightness and accuracy yeah. on the basics yeah. rather than, you know, even though it's a very gifable moment, I mean, we did, we can't, we can't help it. It strictly is 10 weeks long or possibly 11. I can't remember. Well, depending on who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Strict, strictly lasts for a long time. It's more than the 90 seconds of dance. His arms really put me off, I have to say. His arms weren't quite up to standards, especially when he wasn't in hold, there was especially when, when he wasn't with his partner. There were also some weird squatty bits, which I didn't like. Yeah. 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 And can we stop defaulting? To disco yes. when it's samba week. If you want to do disco week, do a blooming disco week and would and, you be you would know, you be get willing rid of to samba? Get rid of the char. Oh no, you like the Charleston, so you wouldn't be willing to swap the Charleston for. Yeah, but we can have majority disco. rules on here because the rest of us can't stand it. So you know. <laughs> I think that's about as far as close as we're going to get to the bottom of that. Unlike Shirley Ballas. Yeah, she definitely <laughs> got the bottom of something. <laughs> okay, that was the Saturday show. Here we go with Sunday night's results. I think with the bottom two that we had, which was Simon and Richard, you had... The person whose dance was the most mess and the person whose dance was most completely forgettable by the end of the night. So I think it's pretty yeah. fair. Yeah, you're not going yeah. to end up in the bottom two if you're in the second half draw. This doesn't sound like Eurovision to you. You know, you, you, you want to be in the back half. Yeah. If you're in the front half, you're in a much riskier position, no matter how good your dance is, because you become forgettable, particularly when there are still... How many we've got in still? 13. Loads of them. Yeah, no, there's more than that. There's 14 15, 14 now, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you want to be on the on the 
in the second half draw. Especially if you're going to do something that doesn't have vast amounts of bells and whistles yeah. and is, you know, not very outstanding. Yes, if the most drama you've got is somebody painted your head purple. <laughs> well, that would be that would be a large amount of drama for a regular person on a Saturday night, but in Strictly... That's nothing, painting no. your head purple. No, no, no. He came off relatively well. He didn't even have a weird wig on. No, he didn't. He, he managed to... So, are we okay with the result? Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think straight after the, the show, I turned to my husband and I said, Simon's going to be in the bottom two, just because for those reasons that you just said and the fact that he was on first. And I think that that isn't going to go away. I think that who's who's on for the first three or four dances, if you're on there, you better be blooming memorable or really good. Yeah. And I think we need to have... Aston on first, then with Alexandra, then Debbie on. You know, just to see if, you know, anything does change. Because I also think that the judges give different votes because they've obviously seen more people and they can compare you with with the people who've gone before you. So I'd like to see some of those up front, up first, to see what kind of standard votes they get from the judge yeah that would be fair I can probably do a graph to show score inflation over the course of a night yeah <laughs> you probably yeah. could uh, so I can prove it yeah. with maps um, yeah you can use your spreadsheet can you well you know Lisa's seen the spreadsheet today oh it's quite scary there's four tabs on it at the moment uh, last year's one got up to eight tabs and took five minutes to open <laughs> Calling Barnsley, how do you uh, respond to the result? I think it, it, it's fair enough. It was one of the weaker dancers. However, um, what I will say about this year's whole contestants is you don't seem to have the people that are scared to actually put their all into it this year. Everybody seems to be really giving it all it needs to actually learn the dancers and learn the moves. It just works better for for some people rather than others and I think you know it, it did really have reasonable attempts and I really I must go back to the fact that that wig that they had him in this this week was absolutely grotesque and it did nothing to enhance any of the musicality or artistic feeling towards what it was doing it was um comedy and let's have a laugh right from the outset and I think that was a shame because he really did put effort in yeah and the costume yeah 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 I I thought I thought it was the fair result he was the weakest dancer and he went and that's that's fine I am sad because you know I was I was looking forward to watching him continue to, to try so hard and put so much effort in. But, you know, it, it pains me more when we have a poor dancer being kept in to be laughed at, whether or not they're laughing at themselves as well. It, that pains me more over the course of the competition than to lose a, a, a character that I like early on. Thank you. Thank you for three amazing weeks, Richard. <laughs> and I, well will just, I will just add anyone out there listening to this who is really sad that Richard's gone. You can buy his books from the publisher that I work for, dltbooks.com. Plug! <laughs> what is the name of Richard's book? <laughs> uh, so he wrote two books with us. One is called uh, The Lives of the Improbable Saints and one is called Legends of the Improbable Saints. And it looks at all the crazy saints of history, what they're saints of, and, and tells some of them are hilarious stories. And he does include the patron saint of dancing. That sounds actually really interesting. They are really good books. Okay. It's time for the thing we're all really here for. It's time for Frock of the Week. No. So let's do one special mention each. Anne. Oh, um, I'd probably just go down the classic line and say Debbie. Oh. I like that. Emily? Charlotte's outfit. Yeah. Mum? And I like the one that was partnered to Simon... Oh, Karen's Karen's Toy Story outfit. Yeah, I thought that was really well done. Yeah, Yeah, that was that was 
the kind of thing that you would if you were going to a really good Halloween party? If I was going anywhere and I was going to something that was a bit of a dress-up thing, I would have loved to have worn that. With the cow print skirt? Yeah, I think it, re- I think it was lovely. Oh, I like your mum. She's cool. All right, okay. <laughs> it's just it's a bit more country and western than I thought you would have gone for, mum. Well, I know, but it just sort of just it was the right thing to wear. And when you compared it with what they'd done for Buzz Lightyear, it was like it was light years away. <laughs> <laughs> you can see where I get it from. I can. Okay, so my special <laughs> mention is for Susan's Wonder Woman costume. Just fantastic. <laughs> Lisa, award the award. Award the award. Well, because I have forbidden myself from just giving Frock of the Week to Susan every week, much as I would do. In fact, you know, I know she was going to be my list next week. So my special normies, if you like, um, I really loved what Alexandra was wearing. I thought that looked amazing. Um, I really liked the Dorothy Wizard of Oz. Who, yes. what, what's her name? Her name is Amy. Amy. She's Amy. one of the new ones. She's not downloaded fully into my brain yet. So Amy's um, Dorothy costume, um, and and I'm my other special mention is Charlotte. So I'm I'm torn between those three, but I'm actually going to go with. Uh, who Emily suggested and who was probably on the top of my list as well, and that's Charlotte. That tango outfit was very understated, but it did work really well with the theming, with the Top Gun theming. It looked really good on her figure. The black and white combo was great. With the big 80s hair. Absolutely. The the, backless part of the top, the, the, the bodice on the dress. Yeah. Frock of the week this week, Charlotte Hawkins. Hurrah! So that was another episode of the Keep Dancing podcast. If you wouldn't mind terribly, it would be great if you could spread the word about the Keep Dancing podcast to all of your strictly loving friends, or maybe even do something as wild and crazy as leave us a five-star review on iTunes. I mean, if you like us to a five-star level or not, or whatever. Uh, But in the meantime, we will say good night. Good night, Anne. Bye. Good night, Emily. Good night. Good night, Mum. Night. Uh, good night, Lisa. Good. Good night. We're going to get food, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we're going to go for dinner okay, now. Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Bye, everybody.